Rugby Rugby Podcast. Eh, the Wasp Edition. I literally was waiting for one of you to interrupt me, and because you didn't know, I've completely lost my train of thought. How ironic. How ironic. We're in the Rico Arena. It's game number... I don't know. No one knows anymore. But anyways, main thing is, Connacht have lost 32-17 to Wasp, but you don't know that yet because you're about to hear about it, but then again, you do know that because that's the way the podcast works. Here is the story of the game. Connacht are trying to defend their line still. Only a metre from the Connacht line was now. Robson digs it out. A little carry and a chance to maybe drive over the line. Is that Launchbury, I think it is? He almost got over. Robson gets it out again. Another opportunity for us to get over the line. Young is the man who was trying to do it underneath the post was now. They get it out to the back line. They're going to try and crash it over Jimmy Goppert. He probably took the wrong decision. Over the top of the ball are Connacht. Jack Hardy almost had a turnover. Still was ball though. They're in over the line. They've got the try. What a start for the home side. Connick couldn't convert in the 22. Wasp most certainly have, Alex. Yeah. It's a yellow well, card for Kirtley Beale. Card. And that's oh. what you're talking about, because as far as we're concerned here, that's a very harsh call, Alex. Yeah, I thought it was a harsh call. I don't think if, if, if knee's not slipping as he goes down, then, you know, that, that's a fine tackle. There's nothing wrong with it. Tom Muldoon has it at the base. Connick trying to drive on. Wasp trying to drive back. Marmion needs to use it and has to use it on the blind side. He just so. Ball is out. Pops back up to Marmion. He has a try. Brilliant stuff. Muldoon, I think, was on the ground and popped it back up to him. We'll check that in a second. But Kieran Marmion's over. That's what matters. Connacht have their first try again. 10 points to 8. Yes. Okay, half time here. Two, one try apiece. Kieran Marmion getting Connacht's try in response to Kirtley Beale. Very quickly before we hand back to studio, Alan, you first. Uh, lineouts haven't gone well. Maybe conversion weight in the 22 hasn't been brilliant. The Connacht have had plenty of good moments. They certainly have. Like if, if it wasn't for the lineout going wrong, you'd be talking about almost a perfect half of rugby. They've been playing some great stuff. The defending has been going really well. You know, one missed tackle from you know from the genius of Curtly Beale has has given Wasp that try. Um, Wasp being clinical, but you know, on that the last occasion, they've, they've been into the 22 three times. They've, they went try, penalty, penalty, nothing. Four times, sorry. So you know, Connacht are really getting the grips with them and um, have absolutely nothing to fear. William, your thoughts before we hand back. I think Connick would take that. They'd be slightly disappointed with the accuracy of their game, but they're still well in this. They just need to tighten up. They've got to sort out the line-out, and the subs bench is going to be huge for, for, for them. They've, you know, at some stage, it's a physical, hard game. It's not being played at a huge pace because it's stopping and starting. They're still well in this. Wasp line-out. Connick don't challenge. Launchbury goes up and receives it. Connick wanted to be set to stop the mall. Wasps have got the mall going. Connick trying to disrupt it. Ashley Johnson comes off the back of it. Brilliant from Johnson. Spins out of the tackle. Four metres from the line. Is this the moment for Wasp to get their second try? Bundiaki made an initial good tackle but couldn't hold the man. Goppert has it. They're one metre from the line. La- platform set. Robson again. They're spinning out of the tackle. Touched on the line. That looks like a try. It is a try. Wonderful for Wasp. And you have to worry for Connick. Mile. And that's a brilliant intercept by Rory Parada. He's going to go in underneath the post. Parada's going all the way. Try time for Connacht. Brilliant. Well, into the 22 goal was. Big moment in the game. If they score here, it could be the difference. Was have got an advantage for a penalty. What a turnaround. That's what they do. They've done nothing in this second half. And here they are, ploughing through for the try. Unbelievable. Launchbury over the line. This is not game over. 18 minutes to go. But it is an enormous moment. It's going to take a mammoth effort to come back from it. 25-17. Here go Wasps again. This is only half a metre out. Sips it out to Goppard. He shovels it on to Beale. Passes in the corner. Bonus point for Wasps. It's going to be kicked to touch from Simpson. Game over and done and dusted. 
And Connacht really do look like a tired bunch of players. Muldoon drops the scrum cap to the ground. 32 points to 17. Was have won. Post-game section of the podcast. Alan, welcome along. Hiya, Rob. Lindy McKenzie, welcome along. Evening. William James, welcome along. Evening, Rob. How are we feeling? Evening, yeah. It's still only mid-afternoon. Feels feels like it, doesn't it? It was a long time. One o'clock kick-off, the floodlights are on. (laughs) Anyways, line-out was a big story of the game. Uh, I think it's going to be a big story of the video review, Lindy. Yep, that's what Pat said. Um, that's certainly what they'll be looking at, one of the priorities. I think the line-out, certainly. The, the fact is we had um, both Alton, who's been away on an on island duty, and um, Quinru, yeah. Quinru, a new partnership for a while. They haven't played together. And in the past few games, that um, neither of them have been the line-out caller. So that was a little bit of an issue today. The other issue, uh, according to Pat Lamb, is the, the lack, basically, of uh, being clinical and wasting the opportunities that, that, that they created. And there was a lot that they created. And so that's just, you know, clinical execution. Yeah, execution killed us uh, right through the game. And if you want to see how to do it, have a look at what Wasps did. Because every time they got into the 22, they either scored or they set up a scoring opportunity. We just huffed and puffed around a little bit there. And uh, they'll be very, very frustrated with that. Wasps' defence seemed to have the measure of us. We, we, we did score two uh, very decent tries. One of them was an intercept. And one was just just a little bit of uh, good work by Kieran Marmion. 60 minutes, we were well in the game. Um, but it drifted away there. And... I would say it's typical of a sort of way performance against an English side in Europe. We've had a lot of these type of games, but we actually created enough chances today to to do better in this. Uh, And the the, the misfire on the line-out absolutely absolutely killed us. I think territory stats was 67% for Connacht around about the 60-minute mark, and that all rolled back by the way the Wasps finished the game. And it was funny to hear Di Young from Wasps highlight that and say that he said that I think it was up towards 70% territory at one point in the game he says they played a lot of good rugby they put us under a lot of pressure he said the biggest obstacle we had in that game was getting around Connacht and he was really happy with the win yeah and if you look at, that, at what happened at that time we, we missed the point to go the three points to go 20 all and then they came down and scored straight away and that came a lot from their, their bench their bench made a massive impact and our bench <coughs> the impact from our bench had been diluted because we'd had to bring on players much earlier than we had, we had anticipated so they weren't able to make quite the same impact um, and we brought players on just five minutes after half time which is very very early um, so yeah I think the, the benches had a big impact and I think next week if Connor can play that well again for the 60 minutes I think the home crowd will make a big difference that the, the extra 4 or 5% they'll get from the boost of the home crowd will make a huge difference to them I was interested Lindy to hear Kieran Marmion just when asked him about what went wrong with all those attacks that just didn't turn over turn into scores he just talked about a lack of shape in the 22 they will be working over the next week on just trying to be that bit more clinical you know it was a bit like watching Ireland at times like lots of really good endeavour you said it to us after the game in the build up play we make some great line breaks but too many of them are around halfway and not enough of them are in the the, what do they call it the green zones what they call it in rugby yeah I look I have no doubt I mean pets themselves look there's a lot riding on next week's match he did say you know win one and you've got a good chance of getting through win two and we would get through so you know it, 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 there's a lot riding on next week's match Pat says they'll go back they'll do their normal analysis and they will certainly he has no doubt that there will be a vast improvement the only concern are the amount is the amount of injuries and there are about five players I think who are 
carrying Knox. Um, he's hopeful that yeah. they will come through. He's hopeful. Um, but I think it, it, it certainly did affect um, Connacht today. He was optimistic, William, uh, on that, and that's encouraging. you got to hope maybe the Haller won, the Keller won. Sometimes you say they didn't look too bad, and they're the ones that turn out to be the worst. You never really know, do you? No, you don't. You don't. You don't know till they, you know, the bruising comes out and you see the extent of the damage. Uh, they have a lot of work to do for next week. Um, Dai Young is a very wily uh, chap, and he's going to make sure that wasps know what's ahead of them at the sports ground. This isn't an English side walking in. He's been there plenty of times with Cardiff, and that will make a difference. But it's it's a do or die game for us. We have to win it, and. If they, you know, those statistics there you've just given are—they're um, actually—they're almost shocking, really. That you you lose a game with that much possession—it's it's not good. And it's it's something that's happened a bit all season. Uh, it happened away to Leinster, where we had a lot of ball. We had a lot of ball against the Dragons in Newport, and it's just taking the opportunity and closing it out. Um, you just got to keep working at it. There's 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 no way around it. Alan, if this Connacht team gets to a Champions Cup quarter-final, it's a massive step forward. We were thinking possibilities of winning the pool based on winning their first two games and why not, but that's possibly slipping away, but no one should lose uh, hope in the fact that they still are very much in the running in this pool. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, I think um, you're looking at a situation where we're currently second in the best second place teams, and only Montpellier can catch us. And even then, I don't. Or sorry, Toulon can catch us. They're winning at the moment. They've scored three tries just before half time, um, so they'll probably get onto nine points as well. But our points difference is keeping us above mm. the other teams, and that's you know that's going to be crucial again. Getting a, a win against Zebra. Um, so if we can win next week, and I, I really don't see why we can't win next week. Um, it's a home game. The big thing will be the injuries. Who's who's going to be available? You saw the quality they were able to bring off the bench. Uh, like bringing the quality of a scrum half like Simpson off the bench is, a, is incredible. I know we've got good players off the bench. This guy's international. Um, he makes a difference. The, the big lad, the big Woolley or Woolley or whatever. Quite, I never quite know it. Uh, Cooper yeah, Woolley. Yeah, yeah he, he made a big difference. And like it was his hit on um, on uh, Healy when Healy tried to make a break after we'd missed a kick. They kicked the ball down the field. Healy made a break and he ran into Woolley. And really just just grabbed them and just completely wrapped them up. The ball went loose. They turned it over and scored a try from that. Um, that that's a big impact to make in a game. Good foundation for next week, Lindy, will be the scrum, which worked very well. If Connor can sort out their lineup, they have a very good all-round set piece then because that scrum looks strong. Connor Carey put in a great effort, so did Finley beat them off the bench. Oh yes, superb scrum today. Um, have no doubt the lineup will be improved. Um, the mall didn't really get going at all despite I think hopes that it would I think they had possibly done a lot of, quite a lot of work on defensive malls and certainly the mall didn't get going I think it's really going it's going to come down to taking opportunities I think you know when you look at today you look at the 58th minute I think it was the 58th minute and and, and unfortunately you know you, you, you don't convert a penalty mm. within three minutes Launchbury's going over Launchbury's going over and fortunate from a ball that came off the ground uh, Kieran Mamian couldn't couldn't grab it. Johnson grabs it, turns yeah. it over, and down try. So within literally within about three minutes, yeah. you we went Connacht went from being just three points down on attack, yeah. could have could have levelled the game, to being you know a try and, and, and you know like ten points down again. Yeah. Yeah. And you know those 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 really do, do turn games. And if I think if Connacht have got that the penalty, and um, you know. 
we miss you, everyone misses penalties but I think if we've got the penalty the game might have been it might have been slightly different alright uh, let's get some post game audio let's see what we'll get we'll put it all together right well. little bits of because lots of little bits of interesting stuff a little bit from Di Young first of all talked about Connick straight off the bat then we're going to hear from Pat Lapp and then you're going to hear from Kieran Marmion Yeah, I think we had a lot of obstacles to overcome in the game. You know, obviously, the big Connacht being the big one. Obviously, I thought they played some great stuff and, um, you know, put us under lots of pressure uh, right throughout the game. Nothing we didn't expect, mind, to be honest. I think, uh, you know, you don't win uh, a championship uh, in in any league, really, without being a real quality team. Um, and we knew that uh, they would really test our defence. We knew that they uh, wouldn't kick too much and they would challenge us from all areas of the field. And I thought our boys pretty much uh, stood up to, to the challenge, you know, uh, really strongly. I think big parts of that game. I think going into 16 minutes, we were like something like 70 percent territory uh, and uh, possession against. You know, we we didn't really have um, enough ball and, and enough uh, in the right areas to really fire too many shots of our own. But I thought when we did have opportunities, we were pretty clinical and took them. But as I said, coming into 60 minutes ago, it was still. Um, Nip and tuck, really, but uh, you know, in fairness to the boys, they they found another gear, which is important in the last twenty, obviously. Uh, um, you know, I think uh, the obstacles in the game and uh, referees' interpretation was one which we had to battle with. But you know, in fairness to the boys, you know, they were determined to make make sure that wasn't uh, wasn't a factor, really. But we certainly seemed to fall on the wrong side of some decisions. But you know, we we look at ourselves on that. To start off with, to see if we can tidy up our game, really. But uh, you know, as it's someone was head scratchers, to be honest. What did you make of Kirby's first first game? Well, as you said, he couldn't have um, couldn't have wrote the script any better, really. You know, as in, uh, you know, I think the first touch he scores, the second touch he's got a yellow card. So, um, <laughs> you know, I think he thought, well, what's this about? But um, in, in fairness, I thought, uh, um, you know, he saw some real good touches out there. He was physical as well. You know, I thought in, in defence and when he carried as well and uh, you know what I said to him before the game really was just go out and enjoy yourself you know I think uh, it's been hugely difficult for him you know to go to the other end of the world to play rugby is difficult enough but to arrive somewhere injured and having to work for like six months pretty much is, is really tough and you know it's a testament to his strength of character that he's obviously come through that and uh, got out in the field today with a big smile on his face and I hope he's enjoyed it and uh, you know the you know he's been been a great around the club when he's been injured. And it was great to see him with a with a wasp jersey on, and I thought he showed some great touches today. And he's only going to get better, obviously, with uh, with more games. Really, as a coach, I keep on talking, and you know, week after week, about the importance of a 23-man uh, effort. Uh, players on the bench don't believe that, man, because everybody everybody wants to be in the run-on team. But I think you know, if you if you look a lot of the games this season. Um, there's been real tight games in the last 20 minutes you know a bit of strength off the bench has, has come and helped take us to that extra level and that's you know and that's a, um, you know that's what they're there for to come on and bring an impact that's what we want the squad really that that we feel that can play for 80 minutes it's a tough old game you know there's no shame for boys coming off you're not necessarily taking boys off because they're not playing well you know uh, when you've got the quality we've got on the bench you know, you need to utilise these fresh legs, really, and, and hopefully you can ask different questions of the team you're playing against. So uh, the bench has been huge for us right throughout the year, really, and hopefully, um, you know, that will continue. 
Guy, what do you expect to go in this week? Rain. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a difficult place to go. It's, um, as you say, it's uh, you know, and all the success they've had over the couple of se- last couple of seasons has just built the crowd up as well. It's, uh, you know, the the players wear the jersey with real pride and and obviously grow a little bit playing at home as well. So we, you know, we know how tough it's, it's going to be. As I said, it's a difficult place to to uh, go go and play. Kickers always find it difficult there because it's a little bit open, as you know. And you know, so sometimes, uh, obviously, going there if you haven't played there before, get, judging your kicks uh, uh, can be quite difficult. But you know, it's a real goal. was a lovely place, obviously, but it's a difficult place to uh, to go and, um, and go and play rugby. I always find it difficult to work out how they played with the win both halves. You know, I, I don't quite know how they arranged that really, but uh, it's a great place to play, and you know they've really deserved their success over the last couple of seasons. Play a great brand of rugby, and you know we will, uh, we know that it's going to be a stiff taste for us next week, and uh, and we're going to have to go up a couple of gears again next week, I think, because uh, I'm sure Connacht will go away today feeling um, they didn't quite get what they want today, but confident enough in some of the stuff they did today there. They can reverse that next week. We know we know we have to be better. The main the main feeling we have is uh, we're pretty deflated because of the missed opportunity. You know we we really uh, you know we really thought we had a good chance to upset them here and and. Um, and you know, there's a we can't again fault the effort of the boys, but certainly that period of time where um, you know I think we we started well. Um, the old uh, the what do they call it? The picking the ball up from the ruck, which we got told that a month ago you're not allowed to do that, and uh, they got let go, and which led to their try. But we we climbed our way back into the game and. And at 17.20, there was a period of time of 48 minutes to 60 minutes. We had enough opportunities to uh, really put some pressure, either, you know, get ahead and and come home strong. But we uh, we didn't make the most of it, either through giving giving ball away, turning ball over, penalties. You must have been looking at 62 minutes, really happy we were kind of caught at 2017 and on the attack and obviously in a good position. Yeah, it was. But we, we just, I think, I think one of those times, Matt broke. And again, it's just unfortunate. The call was uh, he put the ball back, and I think uh, they knocked it down, but it was just missed. And those are just that's just the way that the, uh, the rub of the green that we we you know we just wasn't going our way. And um, but even before that, we when we go through, we were all pretty disappointed because there was enough opportunities there for us to uh, um, you know to win the game, but we uh, we didn't make the most of them. So. Um, you know, we just have to dust ourselves off, uh, get some recovery. There's, there's quite a few battered bodies there, and then uh, get back to the sports ground where we know it's going to be. Well, we know it's sold out, but the it's going to be heaving with the uh, with, our, with our special atmosphere. Yeah, the lineout. Um, obviously, Andrew Brown's our main lineout caller, and he's injured. And then um, and then Alton's been away. Quinn's been Quinn was sick all week this week. Actually, so didn't train during the week. But obviously we weren't allowed to play James Cannon. And James has been running it the last couple of weeks. So um, it wasn't as uh, as fluid as, as, as we'd have liked. And, um, you know, but I know Jimmy, Jimmy's uh, will work with those guys and, and get it right. But it's, it's a key part of our game. Um, you know, obviously the same with um, <clears throat> if you can't get that ball, it makes it very difficult.
Yeah, I mean, Bundy took a pretty uh, big um, uh, knee to, to the thigh, like a hematoma. So he, he, he lost feeling initially as well. One of them, a lot of us have had them, and, but he's a real trooper and, and uh, carried on. Um, Stacy was ankle, Jake was ankle and knee, um, CK, uh, King Kelleher was hamstring, uh, Tenon was hematoma, and he got a knee when he jumped in the air right, uh, right in his hip as well. So, um, and uh, yeah, I think that's most of them. You know, there's no doubt, six day turnaround for both teams, we're going to. Um, you know, our squad's obviously not the same size as theirs, so we're going to have to um, have a pretty light week, and the recovery is going to be the most important thing, and the clarity on, uh, particularly for our learnings, and there's a few there. I think, although I'll, I'll do my normal process of highlighting the good things and the errors, the, you know, the boys are already talking about it. They, 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 they know there's, there's things that we're going to we're going to get better at, or need to get better at. I mean, obviously it was a, it was a key game. It's our first loss in the pool. Um, and uh, we sit in second place there. And we would have liked something out of the game, and that's probably the most frustrating thing that we, we genuinely felt that we it's a missed opportunity that we had a chance there, and uh, and we haven't taken it. So we have to regroup, and uh, there's no doubt uh, next week's next week's crucial. Um, and I said I said before the game, you know, if we win if we win one, we've got a great chance of getting through. If we win two, it's pretty much we're through. So um, we're down to uh, get home. And um, get in front of our crowd, and you know, get ever dust ourselves off, and come back. And if we can uh, get a win next week, uh, we're right back into it again. Yeah, Kieran, I was just saying to you a lot of injuries in that game. I was beginning to wonder in the commentary if they were going to have to put you back into your new favourite position on the wing, but it, you stayed at scrum half, anyways. But a lot of adversity for Connick to get yeah. you in that game. Yeah, a lot of lads took knocks. Um, a lot of lads going down with cramp. It was obviously a pretty quick game. Um, even myself, there, I was cramping up around. 60 minutes um, obviously Blady played on the wing this week um, so I had to just keep going through but I think we kind of lost our way of it with um, those injuries lads were just fighting through to the end um, but yeah just disappointed not to get anything out of that game must be frustrating in a contest like that where you have moments of real big gains and, and real signs that you have a real edge on them in certain areas and yet at the same time in other areas of the field they're getting a massive edge on you yeah they started well we came back, I think the 20 minutes before half-time and after half-time, we were in control. Even when we came in at half-time, we spoke how comfortable we felt out there. We were putting them under massive pressure. I just think we just didn't take our chances when we had to, and the game got away from us a bit towards the end. Suddenly, momentum goes with was, but they do have to come to Galway, and that's, that's a good advantage for you guys next week. Yeah, it's a huge advantage for us uh, in front of our home crowd, just absolutely lifts the lads maybe when we were out there at 60 minutes when we needed lifting say I thought actually the support was huge out there for Connacht as well but obviously that clan terrace lifts the lads when we get to around 60 minutes and hopefully that can bring us through next week a lot of visits to 22 that didn't work out for Connacht they were much more clinical they seemed to be really sharp around the fringes can you give us some insight into how you think that played out uh, I think maybe just a few lads probably didn't get into our shape quick enough mm. Um, there's no doubt that the lads worked hard out there but um, I think maybe just the odd drop ball in the 22 when we had them under pressure or the odd miscommunication for um, a player we were trying to go through with probably cost us and maybe they'd turn the ball over and we'd end up down in our 22 defending so there's no doubt Pat will look look at that during the week and um, 
we'll be putting it into training and hopefully we'll get more reward next week. Yeah, huge game next week, really, in the context of the season. And obviously, if you win it, you're straight back in the quarterfinal chase. Yeah, we'll, we'll have huge confidence of going out there and winning it. Um, throughout the game, I mean, times where we felt so comfortable and we're putting our patterns into play. And um, I think it's just obviously, again, the odd drop ball or miscommunication just let us down. And hopefully, next week we'll have that sorted. Okay, not finished with the post-game interviews, and we got some more audio as well. The lads were keeping themselves busy while while we were downstairs in the press room. Just before it was all finished, uh, today's man of the match, Curti Beale, came into the dressing room. Not a bad debut, certainly an eventful debut. Lindy, you listened in on that one. Yeah, well, he was. He, to be honest, he was just delighted to be back on um, on the pitch. His debut for Wasps in his first match in about seven months after quite a severe knee injury. He was delighted to be there. Look, he was an incredibly humble person. I, I found for an Australian. Um, who? <laughs> no, to be fair, I, you know, he took he took the yellow card yeah. on the chin. He said it was just unfortunate. It happened. He deserved to be yellow carded. That referees have to take a hard line on anything in that regard. And he just said he re- literally was in basically in wrong place. And okay. so he, to- he t- him, yeah. totally took it on the chin. He's delighted to be back playing, and um, and he's looking forward to you know the rest of the season with Wasps he's, he's delighted that he's able to be here in fact he said so very yeah. humble person he was very impressive like he, he did everything he did uh, you know had a touch of class about it you know he was just a very impressive player anytime he did get involved in the game you knew he'd done something about it he, you know he, he sort of did a he did a Bundy on it as we would say you know every time Bundy used to do something for his last and he's playing injured you can see Bundy did get a bad smack today um, it didn't help um, Rory Pratt did very well when he came off the bench um, helped us a lot so yeah I think Curtie Beale is an excellent player really showed us privileged to watch him today and for any reason we should be listening to him anyways because we'd be interested in what he had to say but all the more so since we're playing Wasps again next week here's Curtie Beale very special moment for myself to, get to, to be actually, actually getting out there playing uh, for my new club and contributing the way I did I felt um, you know, I had a little bit of taste of everything really yeah. so um, but yeah, it's just great to be out there amongst the boys and um, you know um, playing my part. Obviously, it's a, it's a tough competition, mm-hmm. and um, you know everyone had to do their role, and um, I thought we did that today. Obviously, it's a it's a big part of our game. Um, you know, contact to the head, it's probably they're cracking down on it a lot more, which is which is fair enough. Player welfare um, comes before anything else, I think, and it's just unfortunate. I guess I got caught up in the wrong position and. I think he had, yeah, uh, it was just um, unlucky. He just got a couple on the chin, and um, I'm just, I'm just grateful that I had to get out there and, and try and um, help the boys get get the W today. So Wasps have been fantastic mm-hmm. in supporting me throughout the tough times, and you know, a credit to the lads, uh, the, um, the coaching staff, and and all the support staff. Uh, you know, uh, they've they've made my welcome here very, very, um, very settling. Um, very lucky to to be able to just. Um, concentrate on my rugby and, and try and get back to the form that I that I once was <coughs> before the injury so um, you know I'm very grateful for that and um, you know obviously yeah there's, there, there was some really dark days there yeah. so um, just I'm just so so satisfied and just relieved that to, I've come out today and and, um, and and did my job for the team obviously it was it was important for myself just to to, to not get carried away with with the whole occasion um, Obviously, getting the first touch and, and crossing over gave me a lot of confidence, so I was very lucky there. But 
Um, but I think overall it's just exciting to be back again and uh, and doing the thing I, lo- I love. So, um, you know, it's just obviously another big challenge next week. So back in the swing of things again and recover well and hopefully, um, you know, we can uh, continue what, we've, what we did today. Yeah, I think we're, we're, very, we're very blessed to, to have a lot of good quality 12s in the squad at the moment. So depending on how the, how the coaches see fit and, and um, obviously different games coming up, uh, um, different threats. So I guess we'll just play along and, and um, I guess just adjust to, to what's, what, what's expected of you. So, I mean, I'm really enjoying um, that, that I've really enjoyed today. Uh, Jimmy's a you know a great player to have inside. So, um, but then you have got Danny as well, as well who who has a lot of uh, attacking threats as well. So, you know I think yeah it's just great to be a, a part of a strong squad. Um, you know great coaching staff and you know it's, um, having special wins like today uh, makes it more enjoyable. So, you know I'm sure whoever gets um, gets the opportunity to play, uh, you know will get the job done. And that's that that's uh, um, you know, ultimately that's what we want as a squad. more bit of audio that's absolutely brilliant and has to be listened to and probably a little bit as a sequence in our chat about the game but don't worry we're going to get into some detail about the ups and downs of that contest and what's to come next week but there's a Galway man heavily involved with Wasp Rugby Club and while we were setting up here before the game Lindley you were chatting to him yeah Martin used to be um, uh, with Connacht um, he started a very young fella in the in the uh, marketing um, set up with Fiona Keys, and he went over to Harlequins on I think a year's contract. stayed o- stayed over there for two years, and then got a job with Wasps. So he's he's spent the first I suppose uh, two years with with Wasp down in, in London, and has overseen the move. He's now the marketing executive, and um, still a Galway man at heart. But today, unfortunately, his uh, his heart was with uh, Wasps, as he said that that they pay his they pay his wages. The voice of Martin Fallon doing a great job over here. Martin, um, you were with uh, Connacht Rugby as a marketing executive for three seasons before you came to Wasps. So, what changes do you see between the, the two clubs, Wasps and Connacht? Um, it's been quite interesting, actually, Lindley. The first club I joined at Wasps had a lot of similarities with Connacht. It was uh, back in the old Adams Park days. We trained in um, the amateur club's ground and, you know, it was a real family atmosphere to the club. I think, obviously, since the move to Coventry, things have changed and we've grown into quite a big business now. And you can see that around you with the, with the facilities that we have here. But I think it's, you know, there's, there's still a good club and good kind of old school, old school rugby feeling at heart. And it's something that I hope that uh, as Connacht are on this fantastic journey that they're on at the moment and down the line, hopefully we're looking at new facilities uh, to match this and just hopefully Connacht keep that same soul as well. What sort of major difference did you find when you first came over, though? Because you did say that, allude that they're, you know, they're both sort of a community sort of base club. Mm-hmm. Um, but you were looking at English Premiership side as opposed to Connacht, which were, you know, very much struggling at that time. Yeah, well, I suppose I was quite lucky. I had a, a season of Harlequins as well in between uh, two stints of Connacht. So it was, I, I had a little bit of experience with the Premiership, but I think it's, there, there is that bit of difference. Um, Obviously, with all the clubs not being run centrally through a union, uh, there is that obviously connection. Or, sorry, the difference between the two. So, um, but at the same time, you know, each has its own merits and each has its own uh, pluses and minuses as well. But I think uh, at the end of the day, rugby is the same sport. Now, tell us about this move to the Rico Arena, which is an amazing. I mean, obviously, the the, the move was very um, deliberate and planned to come up here to and move the entire fan base. Yep. Essentially, what sort of fans are you now getting in Coventry? Uh, so, the first two seasons, we've averaged eighteen thousand people, um, something we could only dream of in Adams Park, and I think we we're second only to Leicester Tigers in terms of average crowds in, in the Premiership. Um, what the Rico Arena, as you can look around, the facilities allow us to do a whole lot more than just eighteen minutes of rugby on the pitch. You know, we've a fan village. Uh, 
that last night held 1,800 people at a Christmas party and quickly changes over for a fan village for a rugby game. You know, the facilities that allows us to, to put on events like that, um, and rugby's only one small portion of the business now. Um, but you know what? We would never be able to sign the likes of Curtly Beale and, and Danny Cipriani if we never had a, a facility like this to pay for it. There was always a danger that it might lose a bit of its soul. I mean, are there, are, are there any London supporters still coming up to Coventry? Yeah, we still have a really strong core of, of fans coming from London and from Buckinghamshire as well. And um, you know, there's probably you know about 1,100 that are still core season ticket holders. And you know, it's great to have the guys with us, and they're really uh, strong and vocal still. And we 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 love having them as part of it. And at the same time, they've integrated well with the new fans coming from the West Midlands and from Coventry. And um, it's kind of a nice mix in the club at the moment. And it's something that hopefully we can continue into the future as well. Now tell us about this Rico Arena. I mean, I've I don't know if I've been to an arena with a casino in it what part does that play in this I, again look at as I said rugby's only a small part of the business is what we have here now um, but you know we, we put on events in the exhibition hall there, there's uh, we up to 4,000 spaces for hospitality on a match day the, and you mentioned the casino which um, is another portion of the business so it, it's a full you know uh, 365 day a year business as opposed to just 16 rugby games and it's something that as I said allows to, us to, to bring in the likes of Curtly Beale, Danny Cipriani and Willie LaRue as well as a marketing man, it must be a huge change to go from Connaught and to go from Adams Park to be in charge of the marketing for an entire corporation, basically. Yeah, it took me about uh, two weeks to actually get my hang around uh, getting lost in the corridors down here when we moved up. But, you know, it's been great and it's been a challenge that I've relished. And, you know, everywhere you look around the stadium, you see a WAS logo. I like to, you know, have a little smile and it's a, it's a touch that we put to the place. But at the same time, you know, it, Adams Park had its charms of its own. The sports ground certainly does. I love the sports ground. Uh, I always will. But um, it's just a, it's a, it's nice to have a facility that we can be proud of as well. And you know, I have a lot of friends and family coming over this weekend, and I'm happy to show them around uh, and kind of to show off what we have here. Do you think this is an example of somewhere that, of of a place or how Connacht can develop in the future if it has to move out of the sports ground at some stage? A hundred percent, hundred percent. I think you know, as I said. We only play rugby 16 days a year here, um, so to generate the revenues that's needed to run a professional rugby, rugby team at the highest level, you need to be generating revenue outside of match day, and that's where the likes of the conference and exhibitions, the the, fa- the fan village like we have here, the Christmas parties and everything plays a part. And I think Galway and Connacht is crying out for a municipal stadium like that. You see it in the likes of France, you see it in Italy, and I think the people in Galway, and particularly around the province as well, I know from my own experience, would embrace it. Um, all you have to do is look at a festival every week in Galway during the summer, and I think if we had a focal point of a stadium where you could have a base for all of these types of events, um, it could only benefit Connacht rugby in the long run. Now tell us about Wasps this, this season on the pitch. Yeah, it's been really exciting. Obviously, we've made some great signings with Danny Cipriani coming back from sale. Uh, we're all excited to see Curtley's debut today and we have Willie LaRue coming in in the new year. I think the guys are playing some really exciting rugby at the moment. Um, we're sitting second in the table, a point off Saracens. And obviously, Europe as well has gone well, um, beating Zebra here and drawing away at Toulouse. So I think it's going to be a really exciting game today and, of course, next week back in the sports ground as well. And uh, hopefully we'll see some tries on both sides. You must take great interest and great pride as well, the fact coming from Connacht and having seen the changes in Connacht over these last few years? 100% I was there in Murrayfield back in May at the final wearing my Connacht jersey you know it's uh, it's always home to me and it always will be home to me and I had some great years working there met some fantastic people so I always will still have a soft spot and you know it's great I, I've been chatting to, to Willie, Lura, Willie Ruan should I say and uh, some of the guys back in the office and I'm quite proud looking back at, over to Galway and seeing what, what the, cl- uh, the club is achieving now and also really excited about potential of where it can go in the future.
Now, I know when I watch All Black and Ireland matches, you know, I kind of think, well, I can't lose here because it doesn't really matter, you know, who wins. I've still got a foot in both camps. But at the end of the day, I think my heart is probably always just that little bit with the All Blacks more than ever. <laughs> now, tell us about you today. Is your heart still with Connacht a little bit? Uh, well, I have a job to do here, obviously, with Was today. Um, I always will have a soft spot for Connacht in the heart. But at the same time, you know, uh, I kept joking to one of the guys at BBC during the week, Was pay my wages. So at the end of the day, I have a job to do with Wasps. And hopefully a good game of rugby and uh, I'd be happy with a Wasp win. So what's the prediction? I think it'll be a close game, probably about five points either side and hopefully we, we come out with four tries. Thanks. <laughs> Cheers, Lindy. Alan, you kept yourself busy while we were down in the press room and you once you were tidied up, you were chatting to Chris BBC. Jones. Yeah, Chris Jones from Five Live, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was, um, yeah, he, he's, uh, he was very impressed with Connacht. Thought we played some great rugby and just a little bit ran out of steam, as we, as, as we say. He said, um, "Great game to watch. Really enjoyed it." Um, as did uh, my my sister was up here with her her husband and kids, and they said, "Yeah, wow, <laughs> Connacht always like that." <laughs> I said, "Yeah, but no, Chris was good and uh, a few good things to say." Okay, I've got Chris Jones from the BBC. Um, did you enjoy that game, Chris? Oh, as, a, as a neutral, I thought it was a brilliant game. Yeah, especially um, the way Connacht look to run the ball from everywhere, don't they? Do you know, they always yeah. look to have a little bit of a, a, a go. I thought uh, Marmion was really lively, especially uh, in the first half and scored a great try. Connacht would just regret that passage in the second half, won't they, after yeah. the interception try, where they were just banging on the door, turned down a kick goal, went for the corner then didn't get any points and then when they did go for goal to level it up at 20 all they missed so they just had yeah. that you come to a place like Wasps the way they're going you've got to probably take all your opportunities and, and Connacht didn't Wasps finished very strongly but I thought it's a spectacle it, it was great and fits in with the rest of the European weekend which has been a, a brilliant round is not it? It certainly has it certainly has of course Connacht will now get a bit of a slate because we were the only ones who didn't win at the weekend yeah, in Ireland let the Irish down there you know um, but it, you know, it just, it just, we said in commentary you kind of get a feeling of uh, a feel good factor coursing through Irish rugby in a moment, uh, at the moment which is a big contrast to a year ago exactly. when Ireland had been dumped out of the World Cup by Argentina at the quarter-final stage. Leinster were being crushed in their pool. Munster were way off. Yeah. Um, Ulster didn't make a, a huge dent on Europe either. So actually, it's a bit like England as well. There, there just seems to have been a big sea change in the, in the last year. And, and Irish rugby, both at provincial and, and international level, seems to be going well. And yeah, Connacht will, will fancy their chances back at the sports ground. There was enough here today, I think, enough encouragement. Yeah injuries permitting for them to think they can they can still win next week yeah injuries are a, a big issue I think we only have one fit out half which is a, a major problem because if, if he isn't kicking well like, like Jack missed a couple today it really puts pressure on everybody else and you can see the forwards get very frustrated mm. I know as, a, as an ex-forward when they're when you weren't taking points having done all the work mm. it can be really really tough on them do you think that you know do you, from what you saw you'd expect Wasp to win again next week I think it all depends how they deal with the, the environment out there you know none of these guys have played in the in Galway, you know, in the sports yeah, ground, yeah. in that kind of um, febrile, unique atmosphere, and actually, that that's the case across Ireland, isn't it? You yes. know, there's a, there's a unique feel about the RDS, there's a unique feel about Tom and Park, a unique feel about the Kingspan or, or Ravenhill, and yeah. clearly the sports ground as well. So I was speaking to Dan Robson, the, the Wasscrum half, just there, and he said he has played in Ireland, which is going to help, but they, they've already talked about the kind of atmosphere they're going to get, and I think if they can you know, take the crowd out of the game early, then then you'd back Wasps with the quality they have because everywhere you look around the Wasps side, there is there is quality. So if I had to put my house in it, I'd still probably just about back Wasps but would find it hard to write Connacht off. Yeah, yeah, we're hoping that too. <laughs> That's brilliant. Thanks very much, Chris. No problem, Appreciate the you. time. 
lots to talk about ahead of next week and to review this game. And this is quite a significant moment in professional rugby over the last couple of years, or quite a significant movement for sure, to move a team up here and to be still getting huge crowds. Martin's given us some good insight there. Yeah, it, it was a big decision. They've had a very um, checkered history of moving, and this was a big decision that they made to get out of London and come up here. They're they're in a huge catchment area here because they've they've got Coventry, which back when I was a lad were a very serious English rugby team, and they've also got Birmingham, which doesn't have a prof- didn't have a professional rugby team, and Birmingham is the second city, so they, they've done that. There, you know, there's plenty of game. I mean, it's only twenty miles from Leicester, and of course, we're just down the road from rugby, where funnily enough, the game of rugby was invented. So they've done really well, um, and they're in this. Stadium arena, which has multi-purpose use. Uh, you know, it's it's very comfortable. You can have conferences here. You can get married here. Yeah. You, you, you've got all that, and that's the new Gambling. type of sports stadium. Gambling, there's, there's, there's a, a casino. There's a casino here. That makes. I think there's even now what what you call uh, bumper cars as well. I saw someone tweeting about that. Uh, well, that was only today. That oh. was a specially done uh, fan fest thing. But what that is, what what that's about is the new. Uh, type of ground and you could see something like this maybe in the dip distance for Connacht but this is what you need they only play here 16 times a year mm. uh, Coventry City Football Club play here and that that's how it works now you can argue that it's a bit soulless and it's a bit mechano and put together but I, I think it's a, it's a lovely facility good staff, very friendly everybody welcoming you trying to make the match day experience and it seems to be working for them. Okay. I think, I think, sorry, I think Wasps actually have gone obviously out of their way to make it more family-friendly here. And like even today with the, the dances of the young, you know, the children at half-time, and despite the fact that it may look a little soulless, I think mm. colour-wise, everything like that, it, it is like blue and white. It is a bit... It is, yes, it doesn't sort of have a lot of colour or, or atmosphere, but I think that if you actually go down underneath the stand and you walk around and you see the amount of supporters there you know having cups of coffee having their lunch you know it's I think that's where that's where the community feel comes and not necessarily up here in the stand also to give a guy a microphone to roar into it every time they get a line out in the 22 so that helps um, I hope yeah. my tone got that across there yeah that could uh, he could do with being taken out of the arena up on to, to our left I had a sign there you know Wasps uh, 18, 18, 1878 I think was the, the sign and um, shoulder to shoulder which was what grabbed my attention it's gone I'm taking it down <laughs> well it's back to being the football ground now I mean this is Coventry City the blue and white the sky blues this is now flipped round for its next purpose which will be as a soccer ground hence the goalposts coming down in a matter of seconds um, that's how these places work and it's it's how you try to make money or they cost a lot of money to build it's right on the motorway uh, so it's got easy access from anywhere and it works in this market um, whether this could be done in Ireland or not I don't know but you could imagine a facility like this in Ireland where you would play soccer and rugby in the winter and then I can see a situation where the GAA could use it in the summer that's just the way modern sports stadiums are Right, we've got to move on because we have to finish this podcast. And what I want you to do is analyse the rest of today's game in a little bit more detail in the context of next week. So we'll preview next week, but we'll preview next week with a view towards who's fit, who's available. Lenny, you've just made a little bit of a list of all the players who, after today, are either carrying knocks out long-term or whatever. And I think most of it is focused on the back line at the moment, which is where we're quite concerned. 
Yeah, the back line's starting to look a little thin. We had several players go off today. We had Stacey Illy. I think, I'm not sure, I think it was an ankle. Uh, Turner Holleran went off. He got he got two injuries. He got an injury early in the game where his hip, uh, it was his hip, and then um, another injury. Obviously, Jake Heenan um, from the forwards um, was in limping quite a lot after the after the game, and he was taken off. And also Ken Callagher. In addition, I think Knee was struggling with a bit of cramp, and certainly Bundy Aki went down early in the first half, and really Bundy, being Bundy, struggled on throughout the game. But obviously, you know he's. I'm, I'm sure he'll be fine. But yeah, you know, it's a dead leg. I think they're saying it was. Yeah, and then in addition, to, in addition to those, in terms of the backline, you had Peter Robb, who was actually in the initial uh, squad in the replacement bench, and he was pulled. He was pulled. John Cooney. John Cooney. You have uh, Boshoff, who's obviously has shoulder problems. We don't know the extent of that yet, but I'm sure we'll find out at press conference. Yeah. When you hear he's going to a specialist, it never sounds good, so we, we're fearful. Yeah, and you also have, uh, of course, Craig Ronaldson. Um, O'Leary and um, yes and we've already mentioned John Cooney so you know that's that's you know Cooney could be could be back next week it seemed like a not, it didn't seem as serious but yeah I'm doing the maths there yeah that's about well that's about 10 backline players who who are you know potentially carrying or injuries or are out of action and that's that's quite a dent in your backline now Pat Lamb is hopeful that most of those who went off today will be fine next week so you know it's 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 going to be a difficult week I think in terms of getting them ready and the beginning, the position we have to talk about most of all is out half. I mean, Boshoff was brought in to replace McGinty. Obviously, we don't know how long he's out, but we presume he's out for the next few weeks at least. And Jack Hardy's performance today, I mean, we're, gen- we're all in general agreement. Those two missed kicks were key, and he didn't necessarily take control of the contest either. I don't know how key the, the kicks were. The second one was a momentum changer. I mean, yeah. It really changed the momentum of the game. Right, you know. I agree. If someone blamed the kicks for the game, I'd be annoyed because the lineouts were far more important than you yeah. kicked a couple of key kicks. But I understand pointing point to the momentum changer. Yeah. yeah, and like if you look at it, it, really the ball just didn't curl in. He tried to curl the ball in for some reason, and it didn't didn't quite curl in. So you're talking about he missed by a foot, yeah. you know. But it's huge in this professional game. You can't be missing by a foot. There's the, the posts are wide enough that you'll be able to get the ball inside it with no wind, because there was absolutely no wind there today, and it wasn't that difficult to. Uh, an angle to kick it from either it was, like, uh, it was a good side to kick from so it was disappointing and, and his, his general play then seemed to suffer as well because he, he didn't really get us on front football enough there was enough front football going out there that, to get the back line moving now that didn't it didn't help that we had such early injuries to, to the two boat centres which you know took a bit of momentum away um, so yeah Jack, Jack's under a little bit of pressure I'd say well, I'm not sure how much pressure he's under because I don't think there's anybody to replace him at the moment, <laughs> which is a problem. I, I thought he had a poor game all round. I thought we had a pack that was going forward. He had a scrum half who was playing really, really well. Uh, he had a couple of decent kicks at times. where I, I'm not really sure that's his game, but they were trying to, to get the ball down the pitch. But he just doesn't give you enough, I think, going forward. I don't. I don't think he's playing with his full confidence either which isn't helping. But you've got to feel that uh, Marnus Boshoff was brought in to do a job, or Craig Ronaldson. It's, it's very difficult, but if, that, if, he's, if one player like that is misfiring in that role, uh, it makes it difficult going forward. I think the best game um, that Jack played actually was after uh, Marnus Boshoff um, came in, and it was a couple of weeks ago when John Cooney was was his scrum half and Kieran and and Kieran was involved in in Ireland and I think that 
John Cooney, with John Cooney taking over the kicking duties, I think it almost relieved some pressure off Jack so he could concentrate on his game. And I thought that was one of his, his best games that he's played this season. And obviously, you know, it's a difficult decision. Um, I know that Pat Lamb said he names the he names the team first, his best team, and then chooses the kicker. You know, and you, it's difficult to take someone like Kiramamian off, who was you know literally one of Connacht's best players today. But I think in balance, do you put John Cooney on if he was if he was fit to do the kicking and leave and have him dovetailing with Jack Carty? I don't know. That's a decision that Pat Lamb would have to make. Uh, that, that's that's a very tough call for him. Uh, because Kieran Marmion who is somebody we we may not have a lot of this season he might miss quite a lot of games because of Ireland duties just on Ireland camps and Six Nations call-ups um, I thought he played really well today he ran through two or three um, malls where he just went with real speed, real purpose, and determination. At the breakdown when there was a gap, yeah. And he seems to have sorry, breakdown. He he seems to have come back from the, the Ireland situation, and it's really given him a boost, um, which is what you would expect it to do. So these are these are the decisions a coach has to make. That's that's that's, that's what they're there for. Uh, I don't think I think two penalties missed. Probably, I mean, you lose by fifteen points, but the one on sixty minutes was just. It's just one of those situations. It just let wasps away. We'd had 10 really good minutes. You get it to 20 each. There's 18 minutes to go. But it didn't happen. And that's what—that's his job. If he is the kicker, that's what he has to do. He knows that. Um, we'll have to see what we do for next week. I, 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 I suspect he'll start for next week because he, he has to start. And I think, hopefully at home, he'll be... He'll gain a bit of confidence. He, sh- he should have confidence with the, the way his, his scrum half is playing them, I and there was there was a lot of life there, uh, but it didn't we, we just couldn't convert it. We, we've talked about that previously. We just could not convert. Jimmy Goppert had a good game as well, and sometimes when your opposite number is having the edge on you, it can it can amplify the problems. Niadi Olokan, by the way, we didn't mention him. He had a knock at some stage and seemed to be in a bit of bother. So lots to worry about, Alan. Where are we in in an overall context? What have we learned here today? How? hard is it to really even judge this squad in terms of the 2016-17 version of Connacht at the moment because every time we get a chance to even take a breath and look where we are it's injuries, injuries, injuries but no different than any other squad in all honesty it, it sounds really bad but it, the problem we have is that the injuries are all coming into single positions it's that they're all focused on one position rather than being spread across the, we the team we were talking a week ago about oh everyone's getting back and this is good but it happened to change so quickly yeah, like Shane O'Leary. Like, what what has happened to Shane O'Leary? I think still HIA. Yeah, that's that's, that's a huge concern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Major so concern. you know, th- th- there's a big problem there. Ronson, he has been upgraded to put coming back maybe towards the end of January, but we won't see him in this batch of games. I think. No, no, it doesn't look like. And so does it. It's, it's even more pressure on Jack because he knows he has to perform because he's got nobody in behind him. He's got nobody doing. Does does um does uh, Cooney play out half? Has he done that before? I think he has. I think Cooney might have played out half at some That'd stage. Be a huge call, though, wouldn't it? It certainly would. But I, I get the feeling that Mr. Cooney's well capable of being confident enough to take that role on and going with it. Certainly to back, to I back up. I, I, I can't see that happening. I, I think that would possibly destroy Jack Carty, quite frankly. I. But certainly from a backup point of view, they have to have as a backup. Sorry, as a backup. Certainly as a backup. Yeah. Mm. 
because I mean we really are out of ideas in that situation otherwise yeah or William like context then Alan says you can't really blame injuries everyone has it so then let's start looking at where Connacht are a lot of pressure on next week they lose that it really the Christmas period looks a hell of a lot tougher especially when we're going up to Ravenhill a week later six days later I think it is yeah you're going to Ravenhill then Munster who are flying come mm-hmm. into town what's after that something easy uh, yeah just a trip away to the Ospreys um, so <laughs> it's coming thick, thick, thick and fast um, the only advantage maybe with the Munster game is they have a very short turnaround for that game it's really only four days because they're playing Leinster on the 26th we're playing on the 23rd um, that's where coaches and players have to have to earn their money they they we we need a lot of today's performance was very good, but we we still were well beaten in the end. Um, next week, I think at home, uh, wasps are beatable, but they're going to bring a lot of confidence into that. They're they're going to feel that they can deal with our attack because we simply if, they'll feel if they do what they did today, they'll stop us. And I think our best bet is out wide. I mean, Matt Healy, Neadi Logan have got real speed. You've got to get the ball to them. Matt Healy got a couple of chances in the game, but he's coming back after an injury. But he did, I thought, when he was on the ball. And that's that, that's going to be the key to next week. Yeah. Linny, still, you, obviously you want to reverse, reserve judgment on, on what lies ahead until we see next week. Next week's going to tell us a lot more than maybe today, Tom. Yeah, well, Wasps have never been to Connacht before. Um, Di Young obviously has and is, is well versed in, in, in Connacht and actually has a good record with, Card- with Cardiff over Connacht. But these players, it's going to be, I mean, here they are playing in this huge arena and they're going to go to a very, very intense sports ground where this, the, the support is so close to the pitch. I am hoping that the Connacht supporters are going to absolutely give them the welcome that Wasps deserve and find it really, in, I'm hoping that it will be a very intense intimidating place for them that atmosphere also boosts Connacht I'd say by you know 10 or 15 points it's worth at least I think to Connacht Mm -hmm. and I'm hoping that you know depending of course on these the amount of these injuries and how the lads recover um, I'm hoping that you know there's once they get the the line out sorted out and a few issues like that 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 it should be a different story next week. Yeah, Joe Simpson was being interviewed by BBC Five Live by Chris, who we were chatting earlier on. Um, and, you know, Chris asked him about playing over there. He says, no, I've never been to Connacht, but he knows what it's like to go to Ireland. He knows how the crowd can get really fiercely behind their own team, and they're actually looking forward to it. But they are wary of it at the same time. If I had given you two home wins in December, three home wins in December, we can't as well, of course. Would you have? Ta- I would have snapped your hand off. I wouldn't mind oh, yeah. it, but do we games. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'd be still well on track we if we beat Munster and We just have a dreadful, dreadful away record. There's no question. You take Zebra out of our away record things, and we're shocking away from home. It's just the way we are. But at home, I'll take any any wins at home. Yeah, I think a home advantage. Uh, it's 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 when you really love the sports ground next week because it's unique. Yeah. I mean, the, these two teams are supposed to come out together. That is almost a physical impossibility at the sports ground. You've got these huge men starting to jog out on tiptoe through through the gap into the. They come out, then they got to go across the old dog track and be sort of directed onto the pitch. It's a different. It's a different. Uh, Atmosphere. It's a different uh, sort of position for them, and a lot of it is mental. It's, I don't know how Wasps will react to that, but Connacht will feed off the fan base, feed off the noise, and hopefully, it's it's just one of those mad sort of sports grown nights again. I, I tell you something. What I'd like to see Connacht doing. Um, there's, you know, Pat talks about process and planning and stuff. 
I'm getting to the stage in some of these games. I'd like to see somebody hoof the damn ball down the pitch and just tear after it and maybe break out a little bit because I think we spend a lot of time, we have a lot of possession, we do some nice things, but maybe we need to play a bit more off the cuff and actually sort of just wind themselves up a little bit. I know that's not modern rugby, but I thought today at times it was very pretty and we did some, you know, some of the offloads and some of the things, but just go out there and give it socks old style that's as good a place as any to finish the podcast thanks guys uh, that's it from us we'll be back next week follow us on twitter at, at craggy rugby pod you can email us craggy rugby at gmail.com you can follow us on facebook as well and uh, yeah get in touch and that's it from me yeah that's it we need to get a plane just try it on my coat <laughs> Thank you.